a good day to be before the Lord, isn't it? If you could all stand, I'd like to go before the Lord in His Word today. And we're just going to read one verse here in the beginning. That's usually quite unusual for me. But one verse to start with. Genesis chapter 8. If you're unfamiliar with the Bible and you have one near you, it is the first book of the Bible. We're going to go to the 8th chapter, so when you're there in the beginning pages, you just go through the book of Genesis and you'll see big bold numbers that will say 1, 2, 3, 4, find the one that says 8, that's the 8th chapter. Folks, I'm not making fun. I'm not teasing. We live in a world where people aren't being taught the Bible. And if you've been raised here, you know, you think chapters and books and verses is just common. It, it's not to this world. So we're just going to take a little bit of time so everybody can be there. Genesis 8, and then I want to read verse 13. So if you're in the 8th chapter and you found that, you'll see there's verses listed. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Go down to verse 13. That's where we're going to read. Now I'm reading from a different translation called the New Living Translation. And you, you may have a King James Bible. You might have an English Standard. You might have an NIV. The Bible has a translation, a version of it. So it may differ word for word, but the meaning of it and the context of it should line up. And if your Bible doesn't line up with what I'm reading, you need to get a new Bible. You got some weird translation. Got through the filter system that shouldn't. Genesis 8.13 says, Noah was now 601 years old. And on the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood began, the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. And Noah lifted back the covering of the boat, and he saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Elder, will you say prayer over the surface? Amen, and you can be seated. I'm going to try and do my best. We went on a, a four-wheel, quad, side-by-side -side trip yesterday, and I've been on quite a few in my life, but never one that was so dusty. And I was in the back of that caravan, and my dad put... He's homesick. I think he got sick from this thing. He put in the text. He's like, it was like the black lung. And I'm like, I agree. Well, Greg, I got in the shower, and I got out, and I looked, and it's like I didn't even take a shower. It's like, what in the world? There was black dirt, soot everywhere from eight hours of being in a dust bowl. I woke up this morning. I still had black coming out of my eyes and out of my nostril and out of my lungs. And I, I stood up here, and I went to jump with the sign choir, and I did it twice, and I'm like, no, I'm done. I can wave my hands. My knees reminded me that they're still a little worn out. And, and I was sitting all day. 
But them trails will beat you up. If you've never done it, you ought to try it sometime. Then you have sympathy for your pastor. Poor old pastor, he got to go play on his toy all day. The Bible that we read here, the verse, Noah was 601 years old. And it says on the first day of the new year, so this is January 1st, right? By our calendar, not theirs, but we're just, it's good enough for now. So it's the new years for them. You know, one might say that this is coincidence, that such a historic and climatic event would happen on New Year's. It was just by luck, but we know differently. So at the first of their year, Noah looks out of the ark, and he begins to see that the surface is drying up, and he removed the cover of it. And I want to preach a little bit on this subject, dried up. Noah is a pretty common story and a pretty popular man. But there may be people here that don't know the story of Noah. And so I'm just going to take my time and build, build the story. Would that be all right? So Noah was, this is back when people lived to be hundreds of years old. And Noah was at least 500 years old. When he gave, when his wife gave birth to his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So he was an older man. He was ancient by our standard. By his standard in his society, he was middle aged. This was the day and age when men would live to be 800, 900 years old. So Noah at 500 was middle aged in his day. But after, in his middle age, he has three sons. And they begin to build the ark with their father. But Noah was around 500 years old when God told him to begin building the ark. So when Noah set out, he didn't even have his sons to help him. And then his sons were so young they couldn't help, so it took a little bit of time for his sons to grow and mature and become strong enough to help his dad when they were more of a help instead of a hindrance. But eventually the ball is rolling and Noah and his sons are building the ark. And at 600 years old, Noah was now 600 years old. So 100 years has passed. Now he's got sons, he's got some helpers to build the ark. They're doing the will of God, the plan of God. At 600 years old, the orders that God had told Noah, go build an ark for I'm going to flood the earth, came to fruition. And at 600 years old, the flood began to come upon the earth. There was only eight people that made it on the ark. That was Noah and his wife, his three sons and their wives. No children other than the three sons. Eight people. I don't know the population of the world. Nobody does. They can only guess. But only eight people were going to survive this event. And for 40 days it rained, and the floodwaters of the deep began to grow, covering the entire earth. Not just a portion of the earth, as some think. The entire earth was consumed with water. The Bible says that the waters rose to about 22 feet above the highest mountain peak at that time. 
whatever the height was of Ararat or any other mountain chain at that time, 22 feet above it is how high the waters went. They spent, Noah and his family, 12 and a half months in the ark. Not 40 days. They spent 12 and a half months. So a year and one half of a month on the ark. Noah, and I'm, I'm going over these facts, not just because we like fun facts, but because we're building a case here. Seven days, Noah and his family were in the ark while they waited for the flood, one week. God told Noah, go build an ark, took a hundred years. After that hundred years, God says, get your family, get in the ark, get the animals. They load everything up and they sit for seven days. Seven days while nothing happens. On the seventh day, the flood begins to fall on the earth. The flood waters are open. For 40 days, the flood waters of the deep opened and the rain fell on the earth. Then after 40 days, the rain stopped and the fountains of the deep ceased to open up before under the earth. And then they were floating on top of the waters for another 150 days. So if we go 30 days a month, a month how many months? We've got some smart people here. And the cheat sheet. Five months they were floating upon the earth. And then after five months, the waters began to recede and the ark rests upon Mount Ararat for 93 days. And it sat there for 93 days before any other land started to surface. Forty more days after the mountaintop started to appear. It was, so they sat there for 150 or for 93, sorry. Once the first mountain begins, then they go another 40 days. After land is starting to appear, Noah then lets out a dove. Nothing happens. Seven more days. Another week goes by. He lets out another dove. Comes back with a leaf. Another seven days go by. He lets out the dove again. The dove doesn't return. So Noah is convinced that there's a lot of land out there. He didn't have big picture windows. He didn't have a drone that he sent out a little inlet in the ark and was surveying the land. His drone was called a dove. On day 300, 300 days, this is the verse that we read. On New Year's Day, this is day 300. It says, the scripture that we read, that Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and he saw that the surface of the ground was drying. That's day 300. Once the ground was drying, do you think they had cabin fever a little bit? I mean, we all love and like our family. Sometimes. But being cooped up in a boat for 300 days? Well, we just did that. It was called COVID, right? 
it's, it's going to be interesting to check the divorce statistics in the upcoming months and years. I bet you they're on a rise. Noah looks back. 300 days you think that he would, he would just be chomping at the bit to get out of that ark. But he doesn't. After seeing the dry ground because he pulled back the covering of the ark and he could see it, he waited another 14 days, 14 days before he would open the ark door. 14, two more weeks, he sat with his family knowing that there was dry ground out there. Then he opens the door. And you would think right then and there that as they began to get off that ark, that they would, they would torch that thing. They would burn it to the ground. That that's not what happened. For 56 more days, Noah and his family lived in the ark and didn't make the earth its home. In total, 370 days, 370 days before Noah and his family moved off of the ark onto dry ground. The title of this was Dried Up. And I felt the Lord began to minister to me that each and every person that is here today, we are all on a journey before God. And God has spoken to each and every one of us. Some of us, we might not even recognize the voice of God. We might not be used to hearing it or seeing it or listening to it. But even the craziest person that doesn't know God does know God. For the creation knows its creator. Whether we refuse to admit it, refuse to believe it, Refuse to accept it. The creation knows its creator. It's why everybody searches. It's why everybody is on a hunt for something. It's why everybody is always seeking fulfillment. Because the creation is always seeking its creator. Some will come to realize this. Some will come to notice it. Some will come to believe it. Some will become to search it with everything. Some will come to seek Him, and they will find Him. Some will refuse to acknowledge that it's the call of God in their life because that would mean that they need help, that they need something that's bigger than them, that they're not the smartest person they know. And some will deny His very existence because of pride or ego. Some will run as fast as they can because of shame, because of hurt, because of bitterness, because of a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding. But it doesn't change the fact that there is a creation and there is a creator. And the creator is in control of his creation. I need you to believe something if you don't believe anything else today. You need to believe that the Creator has got the full power of all that He created. It wasn't hell that caused rain to flood this earth. It was the Creator. 
It was the Creator that told His creation, I want you to build an ark. And I'm going to save you and your family. But I'm going to destroy. I'm going to reset the earth. Now Noah went through a process, didn't he? I just walked us through it. It wasn't like Noah went down to Ikea and he picked out the best boat. He didn't go down to Michigan Lumber and say, I'd like some 2x12s, 16-footers. I want some 2x8s. He couldn't afford them nowadays with the price of lumber. Noah didn't do that. He gets in the ark. And while he's trapped and he's cooped up and he can't even see outside because there's a covering that was over the ark and the windows were closed on the ark and it's lightning and it's thundering and it's raining and it's dark skies. Can't see, but he's floating on a water that they never had rain before. So not only was the Word of God being fulfilled, changing his life, the events that was physically happening were altering his life. He's got people in that boat that God didn't talk to. He's got a wife that looked at him every day and said, you better be right. Taylor, he had to listen to that for a hundred years. Do you know what that man did? That man did probably, Brother Greg, what all of us do. Not you, because you're Superman. He doesn't do that, Andrea. But the rest of us we go out into the garage or into the barn when nobody's watching, and we, we turn away even from the entrance, and we're like, please, God, let it be. She'll kill me if it's not. He's got his sons that weren't even alive when God told them to build the ark. And they're listening to a dad who spoke with God before they were even around. They're, it's almost like they're, they're reading the word of God without ever seeing it or hearing it or having it happen in their day. And then there's wives that marry them that's listening to their father-in-law. And this crazy man just built, he built a, a, a cruise liner when the world didn't even know what one was. He's talking about rain, and they never seen rain. You want to talk about a conspiracy theorist? This guy was a whack job, through and through. Crazy. He would have been institutionalized if it would have been possible. You, how many people would have walked up and said, you got, you got Bible for that? got Bible? God doesn't move like that. God, God doesn't do that. It's never been done before. Show me. It's like he's from Missouri. So you got this, this crazy guy doing crazy things and his family. I mean, ladies, you know what it's like. You walk around in skirts, you get looked at. Imagine what Noah's family went by. Bunch of boat builders. A <laughs> hundred years they put up with that. 
Hey, tell us again, Marge. What's your husband doing? He's, uh, he's building a boat. Yeah, we have those. We fish in it. What is that thing? It's a cruise ship. But he's building it in the middle of on land. He's not even building it on the water. Like the closest lake is 10 miles away. How are you going to move it there? Now nah, it's coming to us. What? Noah's on the ark. Everything's happening. And he's looking around and he's thinking, all right, God, I built this thing. I've been on this thing for 40 days, 49, 47, right? Counting the first seven. 47 days and 47 nights. And now the rain stopped. And they're, they're, they're listening, they got the ear up against the side of the boat, and they're listening for raindrops, and they can't hear raindrops anymore. They can hear the splash. You ever been in a boat and you heard the, the, the waves hit the side, the hull of the boat? They can hear that. There's no raindrops. It's time to get off this boat. Let's go. Nope. Nope. 150 days go by. That's how many months again? Five. He said it so like five. Hurry up, preacher. Five more months go by. The family's living in the midst of a miracle. The family is living in the midst of the word of God being fulfilled. The family is living in the midst of obedience, and they're watching it happen. They are being saved by this vessel that their, their dad or their father-in-law or their husband built. They ought to have been on their knees thanking God that they had a man of God in the house. That there was a visionary in the home. And I'm sure they did. I'm sure they were. But I know that they were human just like we're all human. And until the day that that first raindrop hit that ground... They were all had that little voice in the back of their head saying, it is all or nothing, honey. We're all in this. And if it doesn't rain, we've got a great new condo. But now they're on it and they're kept looking to get off of it. When, God, when does it end? When will it ever come to the end of this season? When can we depart? When will we begin our new lives? When will we find our way? What comes next, God? When will it come? Imagine being on that ark every day. You would check to see if it was over. Probably multiple times a day. Thank God there weren't little children on that boat. Because you know, there it is. Are we there yet? Grandpa, are we there yet? Mom, are we there yet? Dad, are we there yet? That's it. Go to your room. I'm in my room. Go out in the yard and play. Go feed the animals. I just fed them. Go feed them again. There's no more food. That was God having mercy on Noah, not allowing children on that boat. Every parent said amen. Yeah. 
Imagine how God does miracles even in the midst of a miracle. Think about that. So finally, after all this time goes by, and they, they feel a, a great thud on the boat, and all of a sudden the movement of rocking in between the tides and in between the waves has kind of subsided, and they're resting upon the ground. And Noah begins to send out doves, and he begins to check everything. And then the day came, New Year's Day, that Noah goes up and he says, Okay, okay, I want to pull back the covering off the ark. I feel that it's time, family. I feel that we've arrived at a place where God's getting ready to bring us out. That God is getting ready to let us leave this place. And so he goes and he pulls back the covering and he begins to look. In our scripture that we read, it said the surface of the ground was drying. I've said everything I've said up into this point to say this to you. That the whole reason of what is going on in your life, the place you're at, the valley you're in, or the mountaintop you're sitting on inside of an ark, is right now today. This is the day that God is telling you, begin to take off the covering of your imprisonment. Begin to remove the covering that's obstructing your view. I want you to roll back the covering that's been blocking your vision. For you've been on a journey. You've been in the mind of God. You've been in the will of God. His purpose has been fulfilled, but it's been a bumpy ride. It's been a wet ride. It's been thunder and lightning. It hasn't been that fun, but you have been right where God wants you to be. You think it was fun being on that ark? Maybe the first day. But the other 369 days of that ark was a day of I can't wait to get off of this ark. When we say, God, I want my life to be used of you. Lord, I want to go to places with you. God, I want to see things in you. Get ready for an ark. When we say, God, I want deliverance, get ready for an ark. Lord, I need to go a little bit. I need to grow in you. I need to have new experiences in you. Get ready for an ark. The ark isn't a bad thing, but it is a place of transition. It is a place that moves us, but it is a, it is a place that changes us. It is a place that molds us. It is a place that shapes us, but that place does have an ending. It has an expiration date on it. The expiration date of the ark you've been on is coming to an end real quick. But before it can end, there's got to be a removal of the veils that blind our eyes. We've got to go into the prayer room sometime. Find our prayer closet. Get on our knees before God. Begin to bury our face in the carpet and say, God, I haven't been seeing clearly right lately. I've been seeing demons in every corner. I've been looking at the worst in every situation. I've been looking at people through jaded vision. reason we've been doing that is because we've been on the ark a little bit too long. We've been, we've been weathering the storms a little bit longer than we thought we'd have to. God, when I said I wanted change, I didn't know that this would happen. 
When I said that I wanted this miracle in my life, I didn't expect this to take place. Folks, I feel the Holy Ghost. And God wants you to know that in your life right now, there is ground that is being dried up in front of you. That there is a foundation that is being made secure, being made strong, that you're going to be able to move on to. You're going to be able to live on. You're going to be able to dance on twice and that's it. That there's, there is dry ground right outside of your ark. But you've got to begin to roll back the covering of your soul. You've got to begin to roll back the covering of your ego and of your pride and of your hurt feelings. I feel to say this in the Holy Ghost, but somebody here, you've been negative way too long. It's always what's wrong with that person or that place or what's wrong with this ministry or this department. I got good news for you. They're not your problem, they're God's. I got good news for you. You don't got to fix them, God will. You don't got to change that department, God will. So the new good news is, you don't got to do any work. Take the day off. Some of you I'd like to tell you to take the next decade off. God's got it. God's going to handle it. He's going to make it all right. But what needs to take place in your own life is that you've got to get before the Lord and say, I want to see through your lens. I want to see through your eyes. I want to see through your word. All I see outside this ark are deep waters, and they look troubled. They might be deep, but they are in recession. You're still sitting in this wonderful building. You're sitting in the ark. You're above ground. And you're doing all right. Coverings are going back, and dry ground is appearing. God is asking each and every one of us to stop judging what we see out of a little window by a dove. He didn't come back. I know God's moving, but he didn't come back. What do I do next? You get down with God and you say, God, I'm going to trust that it's time to roll the covers back. Noah opened that door of the ark in faith. And he looked out and he saw the ground that he believed in. But he didn't immediately just go rushing out and say, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. He said, God is still working here. We can journey out a little bit. We can begin to walk the earth, but we're going to spend the night inside the ark. Listen, this is how God in the Spirit moves in our lives. 
that the miracle when it takes place sometimes rests. But the miracle isn't finished working. Bishop preached a phenomenal message. He said when the scripture says that God rested, it doesn't mean that God took the day off. What it means is that God stopped creating things that would then create more. That he stopped creating creation. God does a miracle for you and you ask God for something. You might be in a place where you're like, God, I need a new house. And God says, okay, I'll give you a new house. But you've got to go look at houses. You've got to get a realtor. You've got to go check the bones of some of these houses. See if there's damage in the infrastructure. See if the basement's holding water. See if the, low, the land is in a swamp zone. Anybody, you remember the first time you went to buy a house and it seemed like from the time you picked it out to the closing date was an eternity. Delay after delay after delay after delay. Welcome to Noah's Ark. Noah had new real estate picked out, had a new home planned. He was going to start a new life. He was going to reinvent himself. And it was just delay after delay after delay. Well, the water is receding, but, but there's still some deep pockets of it. We just got to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, but the dove's gone. Well, we'll open the doors in a couple weeks, son. And they open the doors. And then he's like, let's go. He's like, whoa. We're still on a mountaintop. We've got to be careful. We got to get everybody out, including the animals, and we got to get them down safely. And I know that there's no water up here and the mountaintop, but down there in the valley, it's still an ocean. So let's just hold on a little bit more. And they, that miracle was a process. The doors are open, then a couple weeks they took a step out, but there's still water there. And he said, Hold your jets. It's still going down. They waited a couple more weeks and they went a little bit further down that mountain. And then they reached the water line and they said, it's not time yet. Go back into your bedroom. 56 more days. Noah went first and he comes down and he, he's looking down the mountain and he says, it's dry ground. It's dry ground. No mud on the boots. Let's go. It's all the process of the miracle. It's all the process of deliverance. But we're in the microwave generation where we want it now. We want to hear that buzzer from God. Ding. Ding. Fries are done. Ding. Fries are done. Old people that don't own the internet, you wouldn't understand that. There's a voice in heaven today that's telling somebody, it's time to start rolling back the covering. Because the, dry, the ground in front of us is drying up. It's going to hold you when you get there. You're going to be able to walk 
in the blessings of God and not sink. You're going to have a new real estate before you to start over, to begin to build new homes, to begin to have new adventures in God. I'm preaching to you that the miracle has been happening a long time in your life. That's why you're not dead and you're still here alive. God isn't finished with you yet because you are not even off the ark yet. You're on the ark. You're in the middle of a miracle. And we say, why God? Why have you kept me? Why did I make it through this? Why did I make it through that? Because the ground in front of you is not completely dry yet. But the doors to your situation are getting ready to be opened. The doors of the circumstance are getting ready to burst wide open in your life. The musicians would come. I have so much more in this message that I didn't get to. Maybe there'll be a part two through seven. been through some floods, haven't we? We've seen the, the floodwaters of this earth come upon us, haven't we? We've been rocking back and forth for a while, haven't we? Come on, I'm looking for a witness. It didn't go as we expected, did it? It didn't happen in our timing, did it? If we would have planned it, we would have not have planned it that way, correct? If we were in control of it, we'd have did things a whole different way. But we're not in control of it. And we didn't plan it. And God didn't ask us our opinion. God didn't visit Noah and say, hey, what do, you, what do you think about building a boat? He just said, Noah, this is the boat that you're going to build, and these are the dimensions, and here's why. And Noah said, hand me the hammer. I know it's quiet in here, and we are jumping, and I'm sure there's people just expecting God to just burst out and have a breakout service and we always say man it was a good service there was no preaching it's kind of always been a conundrum for me that it's a good service when there's no word of God now I'm just poking there must be times of praise and worship and there will be times of building an ark and then there's times of riding in the ark. And then there's the time to get out of the ark. The time to get out of our ark is here and fast approaching for all of us. At the hour we live in, the Lord is on His way. And we're sitting around watching current events and we're wondering when God, when God. And God's telling this church right now, Hey listen, my people are already finding a rest in my name. My church has already found the top of the mountain. 
We're already sitting high and lifted up in the hands of God. And God's saying it's time to go up onto the top floor and to begin to take back the veils of darkness. Begin to roll back the blinds of bitterness. Begin to roll back the judgment. I wonder if we couldn't stand to our feet this afternoon. I wonder if we couldn't begin to lift our hands towards God and lift our voices towards the Lord. And I want us to pray like this. God... Whatever covering is in my life that I need to begin to roll back off my heart, begin to roll back off my mind. Oh God, fill my arms with the strength to do it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that there would be a removing of the veils in people's hearts today. I pray that there would be a removing of emotions, God, that have been tripping people up for far too long. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that world philosophies would begin to be rolled back from our young minds. Lord, you've been telling us for a while in your word that you're coming back. Lord, the events of the day are a reminder that you're returning to this earth. God, we've been in this vessel for a long time. And we're awaiting the moment when you tell us to go forth. Ah, Lord. Lord, I know somebody's talking to you right now and you're, you're helping them. Somebody here, you've been holding on to that covering too long. It's become a comfort blanket to you. Well, I can pray at home. I can watch the preaching of the Word at home. I don't need a church. I don't need a church family. It's a safety blanket. I like praying right where I'm at in my pew. It's a safety blanket. Hey, you're sitting in the will of God. You're sitting in the ark of God. There came a time when they had to leave the ark. There came a time when Noah began to have to pull the nails out of the door that was holding it in place. That he had to undo the very thing he built. The very thing that got you in this church years ago and that brought you here might be the very thing that's holding you back from coming to the altar. And we sang songs differently back then. Altar calls were done differently back then. It was done differently back then. But the ark is resting. God is saying, trust me once more. Trust me 
again. I'm opening these altars for anybody that would come and begin to bury your face in this carpet and say, God, I want to remove some coverings that I've had on far too long. That cave that David ran into for protection. There came a time when he stayed in it a little bit too long. And once was once. It was once a cave of protection. It became a cave of imprisonment. 